Comedy Majors. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I am Private Major General Mother First Class. Private Major General Mother First Class? Thank You're you. Private Benjamin? <laughs> no, I'm not Private Benjamin. G.I. Jean? Huh. Ooh. I would like to be G.I. Jean. Okay. Thank you. And who are you? And who are you? Wait, who's this guy? Who's that guy? Interloper. Awesome. It's Chief Legal <laughs> Counsel. Ooh. Oh yeah, four yeah. majors. Yes, yeah. solicitor. Four We should get Josh that. Fulmer. We should get that added onto the back. This of is name. Josh Fulmer, I, our resident expert in all things legal and Penn State, and very important. That's pretty much it. Can yeah. we uh, can we add that onto your letterhead? Can we yeah. get you official letterhead that says? Solicitor General to Com Majors is that a thing? Solicitor? Sure. Okay. We could we could we do one of those like cable access commercials? <laughs> we could be in the commercial. Oh, I didn't even notice that he made his name Colonel Jessup. Well done. Well done. <laughs> You've already smiled yeah. entirely too much. No one can see that. Okay. Now I do need to clarify something because this is important to me. Um, someone in our chat just identified you as Uncle Josh. Does that mean that there is a youngster listening? No, or is your no, nephew 25 years old? I'm guessing 25. I'm okay, a little great. disturbed. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. We just need to make sure. Yes. I don't like offending young yeah. ears. Yeah. It's no. a point of mine. Um. Thank you. He's getting better. Yeah, He's getting good. better at the use of the buzzer. I love it. Uh, so today we are going to be discussing the Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, Demi Moore military courtroom drama, A Few Good Men. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What is everybody drinking this episode? I am drinking some Eagle Rare bourbon. Oh, mm -hmm. very nice. It's delicious. Mm -hmm. I, um, of course, my beverage has a story. So hold on, everybody. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so Brian One. challenged me. To make all of my drinks in the month of July tea cooler, which I was excited about. And then when I went shopping today, I forgot to buy tea cooler. Um, so I've had to change our challenge. Uh, two years ago for Jim's 40th birthday, oh, Brian bought Jim a bottle of peach schnapps. I don't think Brian bought that. I think. No, I did. Oh, yes, you did. Oh, okay. It has not been opened until tonight. Mm -mm. Katie oh, is turning 40 in Yikes. one month mm -hmm. and there won't be any celebration because pandemic um so my job is going to be to find however how many beverages i can make out of peach Ooh, snacks i already thought of one i can make with that. let me just tell you what i created is delicious yeah. what is it? so this is an orange spiked seltzer with peach schnapps and something else Ooh. what else did i put in there hmm I don't know. Ice. There's ice. There's a, no, there's a third. Yeah, there's a third element that I'm not remembering. Oh, a little lemonade. I added a little lemonade. Oh, right. It is. I like it. Delicious. I we can make an old fashioned with uh, peach schnapps instead of sugar. Mm. All right. I'm I mean, going to call this one. Let's be honest. This basically, is basically the same thing. It's peach flavored is, sugar. I have yeah. sugar in three forms in this glass. We're going to call this a few good peaches. Okay. Very good. good. On one. Yeah. That. Is that on something one. that I love it? Is that like boobs? peaches no why peaches. why did it have to go to no they those are melons melons melons, melons <laughs> are boobs honey not peaches peaches are butts Pe well i don't know i yeah, guess peaches are butts. The, the cleft of the peach is supposed to be like the top of a butt yeah, yeah. all right well done well it looks like butt cheeks uh -huh. okay yeah, it does uh -huh. all right josh what are you to drinking? a dynamite start so far uh, here yeah. <laughs> i am drinking uh peak organic brewing company's sweet tarts 
Cape Cod Cranberry Sour Ale. Okay, let's see the see, can. Show oh, us the that can. Sounds good. Peak. I like oh, yeah. the design. Peak makes some good stuff. Very nice. That might be the longest name of a beer Cape though I've Cod. ever. <laughs> wait, so awful. wait, is it from Cape Cod or is it in the style of a Cape well, Cod? Well, no, it's Cod style. Yeah. Now, is it what is it? It's cranberry, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, what? the cranberry bogs are right um, above Cape Cod. Um, you know, that's where Ocean Spray gets all their cranberries from. Well done, Brian. Um, this is brewed. In, this is brewed in Portland, Maine. So it is a great. I'm, that's okay. part of my uh, uh, Portland, Maine bar crawl i want us to go on remember i've Ooh. talked about this before they have tons of breweries portland maine is an amazing after, after, after the corona in I, the year 2021 <laughs> ac there shall be you don't think that it'll it won't be over is that what that side <laughs> i was sorry in the year we'll 2022 yeah. what about that one yeah the, okay. my, maybe. maybe um josh i am really surprised that you didn't break into the good stuff and rub it in my face that you have in his cabinet sitting just over Wait, his shoulder. I want to try to remember what it's called Two before bottles. you say it. Happy Van Winkle. Yes. yes. Ooh, well, I think Van you have, Winkle. what, a 15 and a 10? Yes. And yeah, he just has them sitting there in his house. Mm. <laughs> Elitist. Undisclosed location. Elitist. Yes. Undisclosed. Interesting. We'll, work on it. we'll upgrade. We'll upgrade as we go. <laughs> No, you got to start. I like that. Yeah. Are you, oh, I don't know. You <laughs> can do whatever you, you want. You got to serve the like good it. stuff first. Nah. <laughs> Screw you for judging him. <laughs> Who are you to tell him how to drink? So I have an update on my birthday gifts. Oh, um, wait, hold this... on. Let me say what I, I, I'm drinking oh, first. Oh, yeah, water, about drinking. That. Double Thunder Funk. Double, double Thunder Funk. What? Yep. Is the two gorillas fighting? Two gorillas going head to head like Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson mm. in tonight's film. Mm. Tom Cruise uh, would be the blue gorilla, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's do a quick fact check. Jim's birthday Jim's was birthday. recently. Epic. We actually did not go. This was prior to our last episode, and I teased mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. some presents that I had and gotten if you're watching, for Jim. You can see I'm wearing a T-shirt that Brian got me that is no, none other than David Lopan in full wizard, <laughs> yes. wizard garb, Chinese wizard yeah. garb. With his, exporter. with his insanely long fingernails casting oh, that spell. I love the face. Um, and it says low pan on it. The only, like I told Brian, the only thing that would make this shirt better mm-hmm. is that if it said David yes. Lopan. Yes, agreed. agreed. I tried. That, I looked a lot. I can't believe David they Lopan. missed that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, I know. And they missed it. They did. Um, no, don't forget the other gift I got. Yeah, where is it? It's right here. It's Perhaps right here. The okay. greatest gift ever given to it. a We've person. Got We've got it. This is the other gift that Brian got me. It is um a paperback. It's a romance novel. A paperback copy of Rona Jaffe's Mazes and Monsters, <laughs> which if you listened to us last year around this time in our Amazon, Amazon August, August, um I picked the made-for-television movie Mazes and Monsters starring Tom Hanks. And we will never let you forget it. And, uh, yeah. Now, you can't, you know, those listening can't see the cover. It is, like, straight-up romance no- gotta, novel get, cover. Get in there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. the, the thing that I love the most is that, you know, how um, when an author releases a new book, they'll get quotes from other authors or, mm-hmm. or, or you know, reviewers, and mm-hmm. they'll put them on the cover. Uh, this is a quote from the Plain Dealer of Cleveland. Never heard of them. <laughs> no. Um, and the quote says, "Better Cleveland's than Cleveland's second most publicized newspaper." Is it really? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
It says better than anything else Rona Jaffe has ever written. It's a personal so like accomplishment. They had such that a hard like record. an Amazon yeah. review. You know, it's like they better than the last thing she Amazon. wrote. They had such a hard time coming up with the quote that they only compared it to her previous work That's and how so bad good. that was. Nobody else's so work. So good. Yeah. Well, I listen, that film I might read obviously it. that film obviously impacted your youth as we talked about yep. and i thought we i wanted you to be able to reconnect with the inner gym yeah. and experience it in a whole new way and if you're not familiar it is a cautionary tale about letting your kids play dungeons and dragons yep. and losing their mind um <laughs> don't worry jim's gonna read it and yeah. he will report back yeah, i already watched the movie for saying this, but Emily would like to borrow that book. Yes. <laughs> All right. I love it. It is still on Amazon Prime, by the way, for those who are looking. You didn't get the only copy? <laughs> I, I think, no. Oh, no. The the book, it might be the only copy. I was talking about Did the Did they pay oh, the you movie. money, Brian, to buy the no, book? No, that was pretty That was pretty rare. I'm going to be honest with you. That was... Uh, first edition? It, it was pretty... There di- are only first only editions. Only one editions. I think it's only... It was only ever in paperback. He had to hire like a like a, like a broker to go and find it yeah there's like I, indiana I, jones of books I, and I, brian had to I, hire him uh, i hired my import exporter david lopan oh, man. to find me a copy of corona it. is and so happy that somebody bought yeah. this book this listen i it's difficult to try to up the challenge of a cod piece wearing action figure of david it's Bowie. true that's so true I had to go pretty i had to go pretty deep you did pretty uh, well i thought that was okay yeah. I, I did two legitimate gifts and one um not legitimate gift um so hamilton last week we talked about uh how much we love it Uh, it has actually led to a 74 percent increase of downloads of disney plus this is not surprising no which is pretty shocking um and we also have a congratulations um several episodes well longer than several episodes ago we announced that our great friend keenan um from pop adult had gotten engaged and jim and i were on pop adult uh on monday and we were surprised with the news that keenan is in fact getting married now on saturday <laughs> so by the time uh you know for those of you who are listening to the pod version keenan will already be married um but we congratulate him and we're excited uh, for him, and uh, I guess excited for Mandy. Is Tim officiating, or at least announcing the wedding? N- no. Will there be so. a live stream? There on is a live stream, stream. Is a live of the stream. wedding, but uh, I don't believe Tim's going. So I think it's the, very limited. Wedding. They're going to have very a. Um, they was, are going to have a, going a full listen. on reception, but we'll see. No, I'm not when sure. that. No, no, the full on reception is going to be like a year and change from now. So. No, I know, but if Tim was narrating the event. We, he should. Maybe I he could do like a, a video in. for it or something. Josh Fulmer, I'm not sure if you're aware of these guys from Pop Adult, but Tim's voice can only be described as um, hmm. Harry mm. Callis and Jesus. No! <laughs> Ew! <laughs> Harry does not have a sexy voice. That's not sexy. That's, oh, you no, just Jesus ruined it for me. Jesus isn't <laughs> sexy either. The, the, the Rockstar Jesus beard, at Scranton. Remember nice. the statue? Rockstar Jesus. I was going to go more with like a like a, a chocolate velvet, like a like an espresso velvet. What the fuck are you? I talking don't know. About? All right, can, got we, a can we please move on? <laughs> please, it's it's time for the rundown immediately. Please. I'm not cursing. I'm hit, just hit talking the, about another hit, man's voice. Hit, 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 the, hit the rundown <laughs> music. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
children, if you're listening, your mother said nothing wrong. No, nothing in there was wrong. Nothing was yeah. a curse word, but there were so many wrong things. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <clears throat> Private Santiago is dead at the hands of two fellow soldiers. It is up to Cappy, a young JAG lawyer, <laughs> to defend these killers. Fucking Cappy. <laughs> when, Cappy. Shush. When Cappy discovers that the men acted on the orders of their superior officer, it leads him down a dangerous path full of foreboding music that requires him to go into a courtroom and confront Jack Nicholas, Colonel Jessup, at his cinematic angriest. Will Cappy expose the truth about Code Red's or will he crack under the pressure of the code of honor? Did you just call Jack Nicholson Jack Nicholas? I do it every yes. time, and Jack I always Nicholas, we have a new one. It, so we had John McCain, but I refuse to look it up. John McCain in Die Hard, and now we have Jack Nicholas in. I, I actually think I have Cappy, a code. A guy named Cappy was Jack Nicholas's <laughs> caddy. Yeah, I have a code years, of honor on this show, and it is that I will not Google a single character name. Or actor's name. If if I don't know it, I'm gonna guess it. <laughs> so there we go. Okay. But I've always confused Jack uh, uh, Nicholas and Jack Nicholson. Kathy with an F, two and Fs, two Fs, and, two a, Fs. and a K. A K like Kafka, but Kathy. Mm. Mm. It literally is on his shirt. Like it throughout the is movie. on his shirt. I was I was movie. trying to recall it in my mind what it said. To and be I got fair. Close. To be fair. Katie couldn't remember John Cusack's character's last name. You keep reminding me of this. In it is in the title of the film. I would still forget. Gross it. point blank. Can, can I tell you that Martin oh, dear, blank? Dear Lord. Uh, All right. I don't know. Well, let, let, my brain doesn't work like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, 1992. Mm. Very good Aaron year. Sorkin mm. breaks onto the scene. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, Back when he someone was good. who's Back when he was new, original mm-hmm. um, Aaron's young Aaron Sorkin mm-hmm. um, breaks on to the scene um, prior to 92. I believe it was 90 or 91 writing a stage play about a death of a Marine in Guantanamo Bay mm-hmm. before any of us really knew what Guantanamo Bay was. Um, and it takes the industry by storm is actually purchased. Uh, the movie rights are purchased before the play actually even has its first showing. Hmm. And we are led to a, a film that I think at the time was pretty um, widely regarded as one of the better courtroom dramas of that time period. Um, maybe a film that is a little less noticed today because it was not an action movie. You know, it's a, a different type of film. It's not a film necessarily we see a lot anymore. I was trying to think about it. When was the last time you saw a, a just a full fledged courtroom? It's funny. I drama think... with big budget. I mean, these are big names at the time. Yeah. Well, but when you think about it in terms of time period, I think movies go through those those blips of of like a bunch a bunch of a similar kind of movie being made at the same time, and so you've got this right in there with Pelican Brief. Yeah, with, the John Grisham book. Well, the John was the, what's the one with Matthew McConaughey? Out. 
Uh, time to kill. Time, time to, to kill. kill. They're all right? the same. They're, they're all, all within yeah. a few years of each other. There's yeah. more. Those are just the oh, three that oh, I can think oh, of. Right Aaron Brockovich. I mean, John Grisham. Yeah, well, John Grisham probably had, I think, he had a, at least one, if not two movies a year coming out for about five years mm-hmm. in a row. It was anything he wrote was being turned into a movie. Um, but I think one of the differences is this is a list of a list at this time. Mm-hmm. Cruz, who was the it guy uh, in Hollywood at this time, he was he had just turned 30 when he did this movie. Um, Nicholson obviously was. Nicholson, multiple Academy Awards at this point, all that type of stuff. And Demi Moore was the highest paid actress in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And the supporting cast Kevin is filled with just face after face Jack after Bauer. face of people you know. Kiefer Sutherland, Noah Wiley, pre-ER, mm-hmm. Cuba Gooding Jr., uh, pre-Jerry Maguire. That one surprised me. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, that there's he's... a lot of just people a little, in this little movie. cameo, little the guy from Twin Peaks. Popping on in there uh, for yes. a moment. James Marshall. Marshall. Yep, James guy Marshall from, from Scandal. Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Fake Gary Sinise. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Christopher Guest. Yeah, so many. Christopher, Christopher Guest he caught me off guard. All right, so Josh. Right, we've, we've already lost our guest. He's yeah. scrolling Facebook while we're talking. Well, uh, he's... Actually, I, was, I was trying to think of my favorite Tom Cruise Grisham movie. I couldn't remember the name of it. The Firm. I love The Firm. The Firm. The Firm. The, the firm. The yep. firm, which was his next movie after this. He did A Few Good Men and then went right into making The Firm. And The Firm and did was Demi the... do this before or after she did... Um, what was the movie where she shaved her head? G.I. Jane. G.I. Jane was her next movie yeah, after this. Yeah, this was before... Well, yeah. How old would you have been? You're our age. So yeah, 12, 12. Yeah. you're 12. Yeah. I was yeah. watching this with Jim thinking about having a classmate who always wanted to be a JAG lawyer and it took him really? a long time, but he, he is now a JAG lawyer. And I said to Jim, because I don't of this movie. Well, well, no, I don't know. But I thought we were 12 when this movie came out and it was a really big deal. I can trace my career aspirations back to one TV show. And I was wondering how many guys specifically probably men wanted to become lawyers or specifically jag lawyers because of this movie what did you show did you trace oh, what it was know. called the profiler um it was oh with ali walker mm-hmm, yeah i wanted to yeah, be NBC. i wanted to, i wanted to be her <laughs> what's more disturbing that that's what katie wanted to do or i immediately knew i love that you knew brian because we were watching all the same stuff that doesn't surprise me so josh what, when's the last time you watched this movie before this week? Before t- before earlier today, uh, <laughs> probably a year or two ago. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, that's recent. I, I don't really have cable recent. anymore. I don't have cable anymore, but that's one of those movies that if it's on, I'm watching it. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, when we did that Facebook challenge a couple months ago, we had to post 10 movies. That were, uh-huh. that was, it was the first one I posted. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I've a few good men and um, uh, Son of a Woman. Where like, it, Son of a Woman's not really a legal movie, but the scene at the end where they're where Al Pacino's giving the closing argument were two movies that definitely kind of inspired me towards the legal path. See, I was right. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, piece there of the go. puzzle. Katie needs another drink. While okay, we talk about that. All right. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> so, so while Katie goes goes to do that, I just want to bring up. I mean, we could talk about so many different parts of this movie. Um, I want there are so many quotable lines in this movie, um, and it's one of those movies where you can say them out of context and they're just funny. Uh, 
there's Aaron Sorkin does have a little bit of that like Coen Brothers dialogue thing going on in this movie where characters shitty jackball player, shitty softball player Jack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they 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 respond in very real ways, but they are like the most brilliant versions of humans of people on, yeah. of humanity. Witty. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, however. I'm going to bring it up right now because it's it's towards the end and it's it's Jack going off doing his Jack thing. Everyone knows the famous line, you know, whatever, you know, yeah, you can't handle the truth. It's in our, you know, we play it every week as part of our our bed for five questions. But the line that always gets me and makes me laugh because it is so ridiculous is when he asks Kathy, all right, who's going to sit on that wall? You? And then he looks you you lieutenant weinberg as if anyone because even even (gasps) someone who has paid attention to the movie it's hard to remember who lieutenant weinberg is and it does not cut to his face you just see and it's so like it's just funny like uh, i don't know why that line almost always makes me laugh when he says see i i actually had a very different read of that line this time i felt that they were alluding throughout the movie the more i thought of it this time because i probably hadn't seen this since maybe shortly after college which is weird i used to own it on dvd it's it's a movie i love and it's one Mm. of the probably one of the ones i'm having watched it again i'm surprised it's been so long since i've seen it because now i feel like i could watch it all the time, like Aileen didn't watch it. She couldn't, uh, she was tired and went to sleep. I'm like, I'll watch it again this weekend. If you want, I feel like it's that rewatchable. Mm-hmm. You can kind of just get absorbed into it. But I think one of the interesting things I started to pick up is Nicholson's not in the movie a lot, right? He's in four scenes. That's it. He only worked 10 days on this movie. That's it. 10 days. He did everything in 10 days. They paid him 5 million bucks to show up for 10 days. And it, it, it's every cent is worth it. I think in, in terms of what they, what they, what they did with it. And I mean, considering, considering Brian's what, professional opinion, consider, <laughs> no, but if you compare it to some of his other performances, this is up. This is one of the top. I, I just think every, he, like you get my, if you were just breaking down by scene, like every scene he is in, you're getting something significant out of that scene, mm-hmm. but there's little hints. Like I, I could be completely wrong, but I read it almost as a, it was like almost an anti-Semitic thing. Like uh-huh. if you looked how, how he was talking Ooh. about people, like if you think about, for example, and I saw it this time and I never thought about it, but his relationship with Kiefer Sutherland and how you can tell he admires him and everything. And when Cruz and he are talking at Gitmo at lunch, and they're like, oh, uh, Kiefer, what well, I can't remember is um, Kendrick. Kendrick? Kendrick. 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 Oh! Uh, you would have, you would, you know, his dad caused some problems down your way because his dad was a civil rights lawyer, basically being like, right. yeah, you know, you're not going to like him very much. Wink, wink. Like he helped black people, you know, and then you, and then the way he talks to the judge who's African American, there's just like these undertones. Well, and yeah. To me, he, I was like, calls- is this, I'm like, is this, is that something there or is he just see Weinberg is soft or, you know what I mean? And that's what that call out yeah. 
he he was uh, more in this movie. And I just thought that was interesting because I don't ever remember thinking about that. But well, in the way the he's talking and stuff in this incredibly insulting conversation about yeah. Demi Moore. Well, yes, right. of course. And that's the but so I it's mean, that's like, definitely the most overt. It is. Well, no, that's the he, most in your, that is that is. It's overt, but he's also calls it's intentional. He, yeah, it's intentional. Yes. He's trying to do a power play, but he also calls cat. He also says Kathy is wearing a faggoty white uniform. True, but that's what I mean. Like every thing that would not fall in line with it, and and it's some of it's overt and some of it's not. But I thought that was interesting on this like interpretation of how would he see somebody and you know anybody who doesn't fit into those parameters yeah. is beneath him and that's just a little something the character you don't see a lot i felt like this time watching it i i got a more fleshed out version of what he was playing yeah there's there's a lot in this movie that deals with the themes of like power and authority and you know is it even you know even kevin pollock you know weinberg is struggling with the fact that he thinks these two marines that he's representing picked on a weaker kid and and killed him by you know by accident but but killed him um through their cruelty right and that is something that sort of plays out throughout the movie as well that there and i don't think when i was younger and watching this i saw as many of the through lines of th that i did this time and i haven't watched this movie in a, in a long time but it, i there are there were scenes in it that are seared into my memories that I could have like literally repeated word for word just because of how well they are constructed. Um, and not just, not just a, like a, and I don't mean in a predictable way. I mean, like the, the, the way that people, um, respond to each other with the way the characters respond to information that is given to them, um, kind of the head games that they're playing with each other, even Kathy. And I'm kind of sad that they call it out in the movie, but you know, immediately when he asks Jessup for the transfer order, when they're at Gitmo, that he's playing, that, that's he's, something. That yeah, he's that's something, in the yeah. game, that he is not doing that, that he's trying to show that there is, you know, um, that he does have a little bit of power in this situation. And that comes full circle when he puts Jessup on the stand and Jessup wants to get up and leave and they go through the whole sit down. I'm not done. <laughs> I'm not done with you yet. So I did not expect to like this movie. Yeah. I, also, yeah, I got that feeling yeah. at the end of last week's episode yeah. when I mentioned it, I, I, I was also, like, this is, I don't think I've seen it. I don't know. 20 years. Um, I don't know when the last time is that I watched it and I've just grown really tired of watching whitewashed male Hollywood, but it's I'm o I'm over it. I'm over I'm over all the um all of the old movies, and I was surprised pleasantly by this film in the way that it tackles issues in its at least representation of people of color. Um, there being a primary character who's female that they didn't go into a romantic 
story. I really appreciated that they were just coworkers. I could have dealt with a little less doe eyes, but it's all right. It's that's all right. But it's still, that's I mean, you got it. You know, there's it's all right. some things that you know, happen there. Right? Um, but she was it, right. She was incredibly intelligent, incredibly Absolutely. good at her job. Driven. Right. Was part of the reason that things go the way that they right. Like she played a, a vital role in, in the story. So uh, that all I was pleasantly surprised. Also, I had a bad taste for Aaron Sorkin recently, so I was holding that in my head as well. I thought that this was great. The thing that was distracting uh, to me throughout the whole film is the horrendous soundtrack. The score the for this score movie. The score for yeah. this movie. Maybe uh, the worst. An abomination. It's I was I thought, is it, this the same as Mazes and Monsters? Because I it, feel like this is the same. Like. This it, is the same music. It, Mazes for, and Monsters. For 75% of this movie, it has this really terrible early 80s like digital synthesizer sound. Yeah. Weird choice, that, I thought. Oh, really so weird, weird choice. Is, it's like if you took Stranger Things and made their score super terrible. It's, it's going yes. for like Stranger Things tension for some reason with like these synth-like lines. Fit. I don't know if if this guy was like listening to Hans Zimmer and was like, "I want to do that," but it it's is so fucking strange, terrible. There were so many then, scenes that I felt like if that if the sound behind that scene had been different, that scene would have been epic. Yeah, but because there's this weird synthesizer happening, you're totally like brought out of this emotional reaction. You and know, then the last twenty five minutes, they completely abandon that and go with a more classic. Like orchestration, yeah. Yes. They, they're like, trying to be John Williams. Yeah, the there's more like John Williams style yes, classic, yes, very, yeah, classical or orchestration over the courtroom scene and to the end, and then the the final credits roll and it's like you know Sousa band like yes, like, like military music, the opening was which yeah. is fine because that that plays really well as like a juxtaposition of like this like cheerful like we're the best in the world kind of thing, you know. That would have worked throughout this movie. I the sound like the score is an absolute mess. It's a it's it's weird because I feel it's like, like a stoner so, put it together. But I you know what is is weird. I feel like a lot of the rest of this movie is pretty tight. Like the yeah. editing is good. Like yes, it's it's really it's like a really well packaged movie. It seems you know like I mean? they There's spent a ton of money on a lot of things. And then nothing on two well, things. I think, yeah, but I think it's not, a, it's not a money problem. It was a choice. Well, I yeah. guess oh, so. the set design. Well, they ran into a problem Can with the set design. Can somebody please throw some fake leaves onto this scene? We need it to look like fall. <laughs> yeah. How many orange issues. leaves do we have? <laughs> they had to shoot a lot of stuff on set because they had hoped to get military approval to shoot at some bases and the military wouldn't grant it to them. I wonder why so I they had to question. rebuild. Mm -hmm. So they had to rebuild like his apartment interior, a lot of the mm -hmm. other style that bothered me a little bit less only because it, since its origin was a play, do you know what I mean? It, it yeah. felt more there. What I found really interesting thinking of back to this. And one of the reasons I wonder if, if, people who saw it and i remember seeing this in the theater were so drawn to it 
is this is your introduction to Aaron Sorkin and that dial. You know I mean? He has a distinct style when he was locked in and his voice with the American president, this movie, and then West wing, what he did with TV. It was so fresh and unique. And obviously a lot of people have fed off of that and it's changed over time. But if you look at this movie, this is, along with probably the big Lebowski, one of the most dense dialogue movies that we've seen in over a hundred episodes where really there is not action. The action are the words and the way that um, Rob Reiner was able to take the use of so much words, but uh, infuse motion into it in particular, the famous, Sorkin walk and talk, which will become part of everything he does really moving forward, was not a Sorkin thing. That was a Rob Reiner thing. You know, Mm -hmm. Sorkin was writing all this dialogue and it was Kevin Bacon and Tom Cruise when they met and in the basketball thing that was supposed to take place in an office. And Sorkin's like uh, uh, Reiner, I guess, said to Sorkin, we can't have just two people sitting in a room having dialogue all the time. We have to figure out how can we get motion here? And that's what they do a lot of it. And you see, I think Rob Reiner's to me where this is a movie where you can really see direction playing a role is his ability to constantly have the characters in motion or things in motion so that it's not static dialogue. So you can have lots of dialogue, but you're not bogged down by it because he's doing things visually in a positive way. I always forget that Rob Reiner directed this. Um, And we don't need to talk about him too much, but I did want to just bring up while, while you mentioned him, that the string of movies that he has leading into this um, is absolutely incredible. Like, and the, 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 the genres that he covers and it's just, it's crazy. So in going back as far as 84, he does spinal tap, which is incredible. The sure thing is like in 80, 1985, that's like a, a rom-com. Yeah, who is that? Tom Hanks? Oh. No, is it's that a Tom uh, Hanks one. Is it? No, John Cusack. He's a music producer. John Cusack and Daphne Zuniga. That's a good one, actually. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's basically like they they end up in a cross-country trip together, right? Happenstance. But, so that's like the the down point. But people really like that movie. Then he does Stand By Me, which is absolutely incredible. The Princess Bride. By the way, Stand By Me, I, I always forget to bring this up, is one of the better, one of the best Stephen King adaptations Ever done. You bring it up every time. No, I don't. Not stand by you me. Know, I always talk. No, I always he forget always that one. He always he always says at the end. He's like, oh, oh no, I should have said stand by me. Yeah. Where's uh, the then, Stephen King pop? We need our Stephen King. Yeah, pop. Stephen King pop is over here. <laughs> Stephen King is right here. Um, then he goes into uh, the Princess Bride, which we you know we all loved. When Harry met Sally, Misery, A Few Good Men, North, the and the American President, like. That stretch he also does Alex and Emma, which yeah, I enjoyed. I don't know that one, <laughs> but like it's uh, not great. But like that, that stretch of movies is crazy, crazy to me to think about when Harry met Sally, Misery, and A Few Good Men. If you just take those three, oh my god, there's one of the best comedies probably ever made, one of the best like suspense horror with two incredible actors, and then A Few Good Men, which is probably one of the best legal dra- dramas. It's just yeah. It's a great run and I don't think people give 
him enough credit as as a no because he's director. kind of faded yeah he has he hasn't done as much i think by choice josh when you watch this what makes it so rewatchable what like what like you put it on what do you think draws you to this as i said earlier i i feel like i could watch this again this weekend and i would be all in on that what is I, it about I, it i don't think i realized you were discussing it how um heavy it is on the uh the that's jesus i'm losing my word uh the dialogue dialogue thank you um and uh i i think it's relatable you know they really the 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 reason why as jim was saying the reason why the scenes are able to be remembered and i'm able to walk you through at least three or four back and forth is because you you see what the characters are you, it, it feels like authentic and it, it just you draw in yeah i i really like i felt like the story doesn't take any cheap turns um they earn they could have they they earn played, a lot of it don't they don't they you think they earn a lot of the what San, they do the santiago death a lot they they could have made his death more violent they Absolutely. could have added more deception and, you know, layers of intention in there. You know, what if there actually was poison on the rag? Who planted the rag? You know, what what exactly did Jessup say? There, there could have been a lot more added into that story because when we peel it away, it's it's a pretty basic yeah. and if we're being honest, like not uncommon scenario where a person in a position of power wanted to influence those below him by making an example of someone but it wasn't a direction to kill it wasn't an order to kill you know the guy was supposed to get beat up right um they stuffed a rag down his throat never expected him to asphyxiate as fast as he did you know the, we we believe as the audience they, that yes, these guys were not trying to yeah. kill him right and they were not told to kill him and so that this movie does so much and takes the audience on such a ride um, with something that is in its essence really like involuntary manslaughter. This is where this is where we're going to have to get the uh, the lawyer in on on this conversation. I was I was really engaged with that idea that they didn't play on the emotions of the audience by giving us too much of a, you know, of a story of why Santiago would be targeted. Cause there was some other stuff there that they could have played with um, that. It really was about him writing these letters, right? Um, that he was made an example that he was supposed to be beat up and that there was this horrible accident in, in the process. Um, I like that they kept it that simple, mm -hmm. right? That it didn't need to be more dramatic than that. Because that simple abuse of power is enough. Right. And and the the abuse of power leads him to the kind of the confidence and the overstretching use of like I'm I'm above all these other rules. And that's the position that he doesn't even need to that Sorkin doesn't even need to spell out by the end of this. And and another thing they do really well is that this isn't a black and white issue, mm -hmm. right? In the end, these guys are found guilty of 
Uh, Dishonorable behavior. Right? Yeah. And yeah. Conduct, conduct, conduct on the coming. Look yeah. at me. <laughs> yeah. And it's. The peach schnapps, Brian. And I think I it's. Cappy. You got Cappy. Uh, we got Jack Nicholson. Yeah. I got we Cappy. Know the charges. Wrong. No, no, no. After, got the golden after bear. That, after that, I got Kendrick. I got involuntary manslaughter. You did get Kendrick. Thank I you. was impressed about Kendrick. Well, conduct on the coming. One of my that. favorite. Another favorite part is at the end when Kevin Bacon's like, I got to go arrest Kendrick. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell him I said hi. It's good. Um, Like, yeah, conduct unbecoming, whatever, you know, for for a dishonorable discharge. You know, these guys, I think what he's trying to play with the theme here is that, like, you know right and wrong in your heart, right? And and um, Loudon, Loudon and Downey, is that who, who mm, they are? You got something wrong yeah. there. Um, you know, he, he basically says it at the end. Like, yeah, we knew. We knew we should have done the right thing. Um, we were supposed to look out for the people that couldn't look out for themselves. Right, right. We were supposed to, we were supposed to protect people like Willie. And like, you know, it, you can, like Josh said, that's relatable because you can distill that down to any decision you make throughout your own day. It's like, you have the ability to just kind of phone it in and do what your supervisor tells you uh, to like the lowest level of like what would be an acceptable outcome or you could go above and beyond and do a really good job, or you can decide to not do what they say at all because they're a shithead and they've told you to do something immoral. And so, like, I think that is something that sticks with me from this movie after watching it this time is that, you know, all these characters and just, and and I don't know whether Sorkin was trying to say this, but it's it, to me it's almost sad that it takes so much so much uh, such a level of effort to call out such behavior and i think we're at a place now you know how many years after this movie was set that i think it's gotten gotten better well i don't know so let's be honest i I'm i don't know shocked. anything about the military but i'm speaking about and like, we do have folks that yeah. are commenting on that which we will come to but I was thinking, do we really believe that in the 90s that in a superior officer giving a command to kind of like, you know, rough somebody up and that ending in... Teach him a lesson. Right, teach that guy a lesson and that ending in, in that soldier's death. Do we really think that a high up officer would be charged in that? I well, frankly don't know if that think, would happen. But, you know, but but, I mean, with, let's look yeah, at our mine. police situation you know, but, in uh, 2020. But I, but I have to say this. I think they played. I, there is a brilliance. The more you know this movie, like having rewatched it now, that you could see what would have been done. It was played out there. Like when Kevin Bacon goes to Tom Cruise and basically says, all right, I'll give you 12 years. Uh, no. And there will be out in six months, whatever. He's like, just take it. Shut because you can you know what you, yeah. the subtext of that is you're not seeing it is Kevin Bacon's boss has told Kevin Bacon oh, sure. this needs to disappear we don't care six months whatever just take this guy is going to be on the Joint Chiefs just get this off the plate and it takes Demi Moore's character to push Tom Cruise to do it otherwise he would have taken it and I think that's real the characterizations. And the characters themselves in this ties back to what I, I was thinking of our discussion of Hamilton, which is I think 
they're very real here. Every character has some level of imperfection. Sure. And I like that. Like Tom Cruise, this is where I, I go and we can talk about Tom Cruise in this movie. To nope. me, more Tom Cruise, the two of them. I the interplay of them, I, I was really impressed by. And Katie, you hit on it. Like I thought her representation having watched all these movies that we go back and watch now, I thought was much better than many women's representation we've seen in a lot of movies that we've done, but their interplay together where she, and I know Nicholson makes fun of it is the higher ranking officer, but she's the more mature person in that relationship. And she's kind of the mentor that kind of drags Tom Cruise's cat. I thought that was a really interesting forward probably out there take for a 1992 movie and the interplay between the two of them who were arguably the two top stars from a male and a female perspective at that time period and like you said not to have it be a romantic thing i thought it was a really great choice that is one of the reasons i think this movie has aged very well when a lot of other movies from that time period have probably not aged well um, Nobody likes her. We have somebody ask, who's bringing a legal perspective that that we can't obviously speak to, but maybe Josh Fulmer can. Um, and so, listener Matt McConnell said that the the charge that the two officers or the two soldiers are eventually uh, convicted of mm-hmm. conduct unbecoming is not actually a charge under the UCMJ, which I'm assuming is military justice. I don't know what sure. United Code of military that, justice. I will defer to Matt because I sure. think Matt is a JAG attorney. Oh, hey, hey. Congrats, so the sir. proper charge would have been dereliction of duty or okay. something similar. Yeah. Do we think that it's just um, Aaron Sorkin thinking that the general public would not know what dereliction of duty means? Probably. But His that conduct sister- unbecoming... But it's interesting because this was based on a real case and his sister was the Demi Moore character in real life. His his sister was involved in this case where somebody had died at Gitmo. And actually, um, the Cruz character is based on it's kind of an amalgam of a couple of different people, including uh, for lawyer like people who are interested, David Kendall, who is a very famous political legal lawyer who represented bill clinton so you're saying aaron sorkin's sister is that yes that's where he came up with the idea to write this it Mm. was based on a real uh, not not the the exact case but he blended it off of that also david ignatius if anybody who reads him he's a good name a washington post writer but he's also done a number of thriller novels well josh fulmer you don't have to do anything else for our show you got an actual jag lawyer to listen Mm -hmm. to this and give us feedback so also Looks like Thanks he, so much for joining. He's a pretty awesome scare based on his oh, profile pics. So. Jim's already Facebook stalking you, Matt McConnell, <laughs> and like a true JAG That's officer, we can't really see anything. Yeah, right? Just a nine, yeah. at all. Um, <laughs> it's literally in our chat. It's his profile pic. It is a good, that's a okay. good picture. Good picture. Um, let's let's talk about a couple of the the key characters in this movie. Um, Kevin let's Pollock. Uh, Kevin, no, but I I do. Let's go through the three main defense lawyers because I okay. thought all three were really interesting. And let's start with Kevin Pollock. A great this is this is what Aaron Sorkin I think does a great job of, and it's interesting because Josh Molina pops up 
briefly in this movie in a cameo who's a big um, star in West Wing. He goes on to be in West Wing and it's work and stuff. And Kevin Pollock's kind of playing the Josh Molina role uh-huh. in this movie. But Sorkin always does this good job of getting these secondary characters um, that don't necessarily have a lot of dialogue, but add a lot to this originally supposed to be played by Jason Alexander. But no. Seinfeld oh, was thank surpri- God. Seinfeld Whoa. was renewed surprisingly, and Kevin Pollock got the role. Some similarities. Um, yeah, but Kevin Pollock's a much better actor. Yes. 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 So, uh, yeah, he's great in this, and his a lot of his conversations resonate. I think the 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 minimal uh, dialogue that he's given, he delivers incredibly well. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's excellent. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, his best line of the best line of the whole movie is I believe every word they said and I believe they're guilty. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's which he's right. right. He's so I he's do, right. I in like, the end, that's exactly so, what happens. I like the conversation too of like, you know, who, who would put Jessup on the stand? Your father, oh, that's your such father a good one. Such would a good not one. put oh, Jessup so on the good. stand. Neither would, I wouldn't put Jessup on the stand, no, but, doesn't, but, there, but there's only one lawyer who has been chosen as the, oh, that was, that's, so that was good. excellent. He may have had the best lines of the movie. Yeah. Um, to wrap up this conversation about conduct on becoming Matt McConnell, Jag, uh, what are the official letters? Like, how can I, how would I address you, Jag McConnell? Can you please tell me your official title so I don't continue to disrespect you? Uh, that conduct unbecoming would only apply to commissioned officers and justice American guy (laughs) would likely not be used as a lesser included offense in a case like murder. So that was a choice made for the cinema. cinema. That's like we said with Hamilton, right? You sometimes you're allowed to just mess a little bit normal for the people, make it normal for the people. Judge Judge advocate. advocate. I had no idea. Is that what it means? Yeah. Judge advocate general. Jag. How did you, Judge Advocate General. You never watched the famous da- David James Elliott CBS yeah, drama a, Jag, which I led to. No, my mom did. I don't think I did. It led to you, might know, you might know its spinoff show, CSI. the show that came from NCIS. NCIS. Yeah, because what's his name was was in that. Right? Was a backdoor pilot. All right. Why, uh, well, listen. How while do I get we you never to say backdoor while pilot. While we have <laughs> Judge Advocate McConnell. Oh my gosh. Backdoor pilot. How do I get that? That's what they call it. Don't do that. Don't do that. It took 100 episodes to work that in. While we have Judge Advocate McConnell with us, could you give us just a little feedback on the portrayal of the of the characters? I feel like, you know, is is this like a real, like, do we, is what we see? You want here? me to send him the Zoom code? I can. Have <laughs> no, no, no. I, like I think we're okay. <laughs> I have one question. Yeah, yes, you talked yes. about Kevin Bacon. Yes. How does Kevin Bacon know that down that Loudon is not in his room at twenty after? Is six? was that not on a log? I thought that was in a log. He said so. That would have been his work. It is right? a little his bit of a plot hole. He left, he left the he left his post at sixteen hundred hours. And so the meeting was at 1620. Right. And the only reason he wasn't back was because the vehicle broke down and he had to hoof it. I don't know. That's a great question. And how does he know that? Well, it if, would, it, I guess if he it's not from Jessup telling, or not Jessup, but uh, Markinson saying. Well, my, yeah, it would have been Kendrick telling him that, like, no, he wasn't there. Well, he wasn't there. Oh, when I gave him the order. Yeah, that's, that, that's the only, I mean, it's not a big but, plot hole, but they don't bring up. Yeah, but if well, he would have been deposed, major, right? If they were. Well, then Bacon would Right. Know. So, so yeah. Tom Cruise would know because he would have been deposed 
the same questions, oh, right? Oh, interesting. Right. Like, so I was th no, thinking for, of no. it more in terms it's of the investigation. Well, you know what I mean? Like he would have, well, they actually bring it up in the movie. He's like, I didn't get yeah, a chance he, to pose this. this witness. I think it's just a fancy way of saying, I didn't get to question this witness or interview this witness. Yes. Okay. And so but certainly, obviously we know these guys lie. So I don't think that, um, but as far as discovery, like if Kevin Bacon was interviewing a witness that was going to take the stand, would they have access to that information? The, if there were notes taken, maybe. But okay. But, so you could literally okay. spring something like that on them? Sure, but the issue is that it's not it, you're not supposed to. The issue would be if he knew that the meeting occurred, right? The only way it happens is if, if he says, Oh, of course that meeting occurred where I told him to issue the code, right? But it he wasn't in the room. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> and if he knows that in fact the code red was ordered then you've got an ethical issue because then he... Oh, so I, see what you're I, yeah, I was thinking yeah. of it more in terms of investigating the two men accused of murder in terms of their alibis, right? So like, yeah. where were they on that day? He mm. had a work commitment, right? And then talking to the people that he worked with or who picked him up, right? Like connecting well, all of the dots of like, how did he get I, there? I feel, yeah, I feel like that's one of those ones where you can get by with it though. I think it makes sense when you really examine it. And I wonder if that played out more. Uh, it's probably right. the ER guy who, Oh, that's a good one. Noah Wiley. He is the missing link to all of the is, things. Is Noah Wiley pickup? Is he? Yeah, yes, so. he was. He was, I think, I think he, he was. Oh, the that's fun. Yeah. Like um, he knows he, he can pick up girls in New York. That line <laughs> is the only one that feels so like Aaron Sorkin was like, I want that in the fucking script. Cause it is terror. It is not, it does not, no, it, doesn't it does make not roll sense. off that actor's tongue and it does not seem. Oh, that poor sweet boy. Intentional. I, I know it's intentional, but like it was the one moment where he presented some honesty. Yeah, yeah I, I had a criminal fair. case. I had a trial a couple of years ago where a guy was accused of raping a woman in a stairwell, and he was arguing that it was consensual. And the uh, DA asks him on cross and says, "Well, you know, of course you you found her attractive, right?" And the guy goes. Not really, but I mean, she was offering to give me a blowjob, so I took it. <laughs> and it was such an honest, he said that whisper in the courtroom. Yeah. Like, such an honest moment that I think it connected to the jurors and said, oh, maybe this guy's actually being true and honest. And he was actually yeah, found not guilty. Yeah. Well, who would say? Um, can we talk about my favorite Tom Cruise in this movie? Oh, yes. Yeah, so before we get into this, oh, speaking of blowjobs. Um, <laughs> We do want to close the loop on on Katie's question to Matt, our our Jag uh, judge, yeah, ju judge advocate. Our, he may be eclipsing Josh as our legal expert at this point. <laughs> um, well, if we get into a military situation, yeah. he Josh says is... on the spectrum of realism from one to a hundred, a few good men gets around to seventy, and that's pretty good. Most military justice shows get around a ten or twenty. Yeah, uh, and then he said most Marine Navy attorneys like the movie, so. That's that's a, that's, that's high a, that's praise. A, that's a high praise. I yeah, would agree because I, you know, specifically, I think the military um, gets gets dragged through the mud, and you know their practices and policies are bastardized in pretty much any. Oh, there's uh, like so many movies. Well, like that, even like the NCIS show and oh, stuff. I've God, known people Jesus who Christ. work in that field, and they're like, "This is yeah, not even and you'll close find, yeah, to what yeah. our." 
our job is. You'll find the same thing with the police and and with firefighters and all all those probably re- other attorney shows. Probably right, right, well, yeah, yeah. Right? Boston I mean, and just, Suits. Suits was what very Suits realistic. was. Suits was a good show. <laughs> um, what about suits. Franklin and Bash? very underrated show uh, all right let's talk about tom cruise now the only reason i picked this movie uh he's great in this uh, he's he's very good i um reluctantly am saying all that tom cruise did a really good job he did yeah i actually but here's the interesting thing the, he about kept the it. space aliens at bay Yes, I don't care about any of that crap as we've established before. Yeah. Uh, actually, what I felt... Except for other in- actors. <laughs> yes. What I actually felt was interesting in this is... And, and Jim, you've kind of mentioned this bef- before, and I, I really agree w- with it, is it made me miss when Tom Cruise was acting, was actively yeah. looking for roles like this to work with certain directors and writers. Because... And this... I give a lot of credit to Sorkin here. And, and to Cruz, because Rob Reiner said he and Cruz would like run lines a lot like a stage play with this. But this character, I think, is one of the more interesting ones that he he does in the sense that he's playing a guy like he's, oh, I'm going to play softball. And there's a lot of layers to this character, right? He pretends to be this. I don't give a shit about anything. Oh, what's his name again? But then like the scene where Demi Moore comes up and, and he's like, uh, who's Santiago? But. And then he goes over to the side and he starts ripping off. Like you could tell he read the entire case file. He, he basically has a photographic memory and he can do this stuff. And I was like, that's really interesting because in no dialogue, this is a guy who clearly went to Harvard. He's done all this stuff and he's playing off to this good old boy, but yeah. underneath he's clearly this. And to me more than those, if I can get down to that, and her performance was way better than I remember. I have to be honest with you. I thought she was great in this movie. Yeah. And the- I'm not a huge to me more fan, but there I thought they got the most out of each other in, in a good way, um, which is pretty impressive. So again, for the two highest paid stars at that time period, it could have been a clusterfuck. We've seen it in Hollywood. You get the two highest paid people, you throw them together in the movie's trash. They did a pretty damn good job together. Those yeah, two. I would say two things about Tom Cruise. One, that, you know, this character that for, the, for the early 90s, it was, if he's literally as green as he's sort of supposed to be in this movie, right? Like he's not, years into his commission or whatever he's doing nine months um you know prior to that it's not cool to be great at things right like if you remember what it was like graduating high school and then or you know going to high school in the 90s i can only imagine college was very similar but it wasn't it wasn't a place where it wasn't a thing where uh excellence was like rewarded rewarded it was the time of slackers and and you know athletes were what were praised as being like cool guys so like his attitude there is completely believable and add in a layer of his father being a absolutely very notable attorney the other thing i want to say about tom cruise is brian's 100 percent right and my hot take write that down my hot take is that I don't want to fucking see him as Ethan Hunt anymore. Just oh, I do. I know you do, but <laughs> it's completely beneath him at this point. Like he needs to do he needs to do a movie where he speaks and like and like acts. I want him to see. I want to see him in. The I Lighthouse. would love to see 
them do like a for real Mission Impossible again, like the first one, where he's where there are tense character moments, not just like tense Crazy. because he wants to hang off the Burj Khalifa. Well, and he went into the firm after this, which Josh brought up, which is another. Gr- I mean, yes, it's different. The, the, the firm's a thrill, but up against another more... amazing oh. actor in Gene Hackman. Yeah. And that's Give the key. A Tom I, Cruise rundown. Uh, um, one of the things I would think about this one as well is the two of them that 20. It's a, like a 21 minute segment of them going back and forth. And there's not many probably Hollywood movies where, by and large, you can only have two characters. Mm. And the movie that popped into my mind that people always talk about is Heat, where they talk about Mm. De Niro and Pacino sitting back and forth. I will say, obviously, I'm biased because I love Tom Cruise. If you ask me two sequences where you have two penultimate, amazing top flight actors. I would take Cruz and Nicholson here in a few good men over the Pacino De Niro scene. 100%. He is one of the most overrated movies ever. I mean, so, this is just, uh, I mean, they are going at each other big time in, in like a crazy way. So is Tom Cruise just making movies for the money at this point? Like, has he just abandoned? Oh, I don't, think, I, think, no, I don't no. think he needs money. He doesn't I, need no, but money. I mean, he, like, he runs the, the, the church of the spaceship. Yes, but so right, right. Is he is he just responsible for so much of the financial impact no. of ch- Church of Scientology? That no, I don't, I don't think, think so. I, I think this is what it's what he wants to do. I, I think, think it's probably what different. he's having fun doing. Yeah. And, yeah. and like, to try. yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, I think yeah. it's, I think you probably get, I mean, the guy's 60 years old now. That's crazy. He's turned. I think you get to a point where it was interesting. And if you hear people talk about him in his career, if you look at his early career, he was picking projects based on who the director was. Mm-hmm. He works with Scorsese in color of money. No, he I mean, works with films. Barry Levinson and Rain Man. He but works with happened? Rob Reiner. And I think that he took a dip in his career for yeah. a while. Yeah. And like then he's still he, in it. No. No. I mean, no. he's making he's a ton of money. I mean, in terms of but his think, acting yeah, ability. He, yeah, yeah but he's no, making a ton of money. Is? We didn't see I Maverick because I think that that probably leans a little bit more into acting. Yeah. But and, like when and, you look back even to early 2000s, scroll down. Uh, yeah, that, so you're that was seeing a, Magnolia, Vanilla, Vanilla Sky. Yeah, but Magnolia, those are very got in, different movies. Yes, I think very he, different. Minority Report, Holy Minority shit. Report. I Jerry think McGuire. he made a choice, but he also started. Collateral is really good too. Last Samurai. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but no, my, uh, Last Samurai is a really good movie. I know. I'm Swift. saying, but then I you look he, at the last ten years. Well, of you know like, what it is. I think he runs his movies now. Yeah, which is there's a difference in his career. He produces it. And if you hear people talk about his movies now, he's at late stage LeBron realm. Yeah, we're like he puts the he puts the team. LeBron is the GM. He is the owner of the team. Even if on paper he is not, he's putting everybody together around him. People are coming to his movies to work. I will say, though, you know, something like Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick, which we haven't seen. That might be what we're looking for. I mean, that's the action of the original Top Gun is not going to be there again. Yeah, it's not a lot. I mean, it's it's, this is going to be more of a of a of an acting. It just feels to me like he's reached that place where he doesn't think he has anything left to learn. 
Besides how to do no, another I mean, cool oh, he's stunt. the exact yeah, but the, the stunts is where yeah, but like no, but I mean in terms of about acting, that, like, well, but that's different. If you think about it, yeah, right. But if you think about him as like someone who's looking to push himself, he's he pushing himself physically is a mu- probably a much more addicting thing than oh, pushing yourself. Agreed. Yeah. I'm just saying, I would love to see him take a bite of humble but, pie and be like you know what this director has a lot to teach me well maybe i'm gonna make would, not yeah, as much might, money and i'm gonna do something oh, that I might be a little bit more art house and oh i don't think it's a money like. thing for him i don't think he has to worry about money yeah, ever, ever is mm-hmm. my guess um all right uh last thing here as we move on um favorite sequence or scene let's let quickly. josh talk i yeah, feel josh, like you've yeah. josh, dominated what is it? this come on and this for us what if if talk you were selling you somebody on it what is like two or three takeaways from this movie for somebody who's never seen it and why they have to get it i mean the courtroom the final courtroom scene is too easy uh i think it's the the character arc of Tom, I, I think, you know, from the, the beginning of just being in the goofball and you touched on it before Jim, where he's, he's playing softball and she comes up and he's saying, Downey, who, who I should know those names. And then 30 seconds later, he's saying well, the, the coroner's report said that he died of, um, laxid, laxid, acidosis. You see that, that he's clearly, underplaying and downplaying the yeah. effort that he puts in. I think my one big issue with the entire movie is that he said, claims he was never in a courtroom. How do you work out 45, four guilty pleas yeah. and not go to the courtroom to do the guilty pleas? But, um, he might mean try an actual case though. Right? No, I know. Yeah. But, uh, and, still, you know, right. b- before we move on to Josh's first point that the, the last courtroom scene is a little too easy going into that, finishing the movie the other night, I was ready for it. And it was yeah. still better than I remember. It's one hundred percent better than I remember. So damn good. Yeah. It's 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 tough to think of another one that's that good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. We love this. All right. Um. Let's do game of the week. Oh we yeah. Ready for game of the fun. week? Let's do game of the week. Here we go. Um. Which button? This button? Which button? Which button is it? Did Brian, Brian, did you tell Josh about the game of the week? I was in our text chat. Yes, yes, yes. But Katie has to go I last. I have faith that Josh will be. I'm going first because I don't want anyone to steal my answers. All right, mm. here we go. All right, so this week's game of the week is recast it. We're recasting the three leads, Cruz, Nicholson, Moore. Jim. All right, for Cappy. Um, Cappy! <laughs> Because I want to give him another shot in the courtroom in a movie. I'm going with someone who I've probably picked in eight versions of this every game. every uh, week. Michael B. Jordan. Yes. Oh man, is that who you didn't, picked? Didn't, I was didn't, considering him, but then I thought didn't pick him because uh, I too, knew everybody else. Times. But too imagine him in the what in the dress whites. Great. Oh, be great. And you would give him He's a, a real handsome man he scene. Is... Remember that was one of our big problems yes. with Just Mercy. We right. never got that courtroom. Um, for the Jack Nicholson uh, role in someone who I wanted to see go against Michael B. Jordan and it was a complete failure, I'm bringing back Michael Shannon to play Jesse. Oh, so good. I thought about that. So, And who's Demi Moore? Demi Moore is Florence Pugh. Oh. Ah, 
Jim took a lot of people I was thinking about. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we should give Josh the option. Do you want to go before or yes, after please. Katie? No, I definitely right. don't want to. I, 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 don't, I don't want mine stolen. So All here's right, my here question. Go. The only question I have. Yes. Is I make, am I recasting them today? It's up you to can you. recast no, whatever them you want. whoever you want. Whoever you okay. want. Don't worry about it. Dreamcast. My issue, is, my, my issue is that I for Cappy, <laughs> he obviously couldn't do it now because he's just way too old. I'm going to put Damon there. Mm. Oh, Not good Damon. choice. Yep. Very good. For, uh, How about them apples? You did <laughs> the code red. <laughs> <laughs> turn, for Colonel okay. Jessup, I'm going with Denzel Washington. Oh, that's a good, good one. Choice. He would be so uh, good in that role. So right? good. Right? So I really good. struggled to find somebody who could match that moment in Denzel. Was be, no, he would be. Yeah. Um, and then, although I don't know that he would be believable as like the sexist, misogynistic, homophobic. You could change that um, piece though. And just make yeah, him yeah. like, that's make him all right. He would hungry. just be intense. Yeah. yeah. And I really struggle with Demi Moore. I don't, I, it, she, she does such an amazing job. And I, I have such a close connection at that same time of her then doing um, G.I. Jane. Uh, Jane, Jane right afterwards. Yeah. And so I really struggle with this one. I want Amy Adams. Okay. Well, I love Amy yeah. Adams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, That's good. great. All right, Katie. Mm. All right. This is not my favorite recast it, but I'm going with Regina King as the Jack as Colonel Jessup. Jessup. Oh, wow. Her problem okay. is that she still looks... Is, as old as she is, but she still looks twenty five. But that's all that matters is how old she actually. Think is. about the fact True. that she was in Watchmen and Jerry Maguire. Yes, basically playing the same so, character, same, same age, age. like same. which is thirty years apart. Yeah, same. The woman insane. doesn't age. <laughs> Similar to Tom Cruise. Yeah. So my is Tom she in Scientology? Cruise, maybe. Holy shit! There's we need something to find in out. the water. There's no um, way she's Scientologist. My Tom Cruise is going to be my new obsession, David Diggs. Oh, that's a good one. I just want to see him do more. Yes, I, want to, I just want to. I want to see. Have you I watched him I on the Snow, like... Snow Piercer? No, TV somebody show? was just talking to me about Snow Piercer. Snow Piercer. You got to watch the movie before we watch the, the movie. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Chris let's Evans is in the movie. All right, let's do oh, it. Such a good movie. Who was just talking to me? It's the guy somebody. who who did Parasite. I, I'm yeah. I'm there. So it's on Netflix. Excellent. Oh, very exciting. Um, and then my Demi Moore character I had in my mind, and now I've lost who? Philip Sue. No. No, oh, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, did you see that he got a, that giant tattoo yes. on his chest? Of course he did. By the way, have you all seen Honey Boy? Because it is so good. It's excellent. So good. Please watch Honey Boy. Uh, all right. My cast as the Demi Moore character, Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, yeah, right. that's good. Even her okay. cadence when she talks matches yeah. mm-hmm. to me more in that movie. Uh, as Jack Nicholson's role, one of our all-time favorites, Idris Alba. Oh, yeah, Idris. he's good. He would be excellent in that role. And as the Black Tom Superman. Cruise role, Timothy Chalamet. Oh, uh, love him. Very good. Mm-hmm. Well good. done. Well we done. did really good this time. Yeah, That was that, good. I'm we happy all had them. different choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. All right. Five question time. You want answers? You there want he answers? Is. There he is. <laughs> I want the truth. You can't Mr. Lebowski. What the fuck is the internet? Why? Why? 
All right, here we go. Five questions. No reason for any few good men clips because we do it every week on the show. Oh, man, I did want to play the music, though. We can do fact check though. We, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, fact some, check let's play, we'll fact check and we'll play the music okay. next week. All right, here we go. Josh Walmer, five questions. First question, thumbs up or thumbs down the CBS, David James, Elliot, Catherine Bell trauma, which originally first season actually was on NBC before it switched over to CBS Jag, which I have never seen. Thumbs but down. Thank God we know that NCIS is a spinoff and I didn't like NCIS at all. All right, so easy down. Easy. Okay. Peg loves NCIS oh, and she's watching. Sorry. Worry, I said some mom. disparaging things about NCIS in the past. And the CBS crime. I'm is wondering not if it hurt my birthday gift opportunities at all. Code red. Code red. She's Code always red on gym. Yeah. Don't do it. Uh, she got Eva to put a trash bag over my head and hit me with a baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> which is also just Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, it was just the other she day. She didn't tell uh, Eva exactly what to do. She just said you needed to be taught a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> and then Eva has, been, Eva has not been flushing learn. the toilet since then and leaving them for uh, me. Okay. That's All for right. real life. That's real life. Uh, that's, that's real life. Here we go. All right. Would you rather question, Josh, would you rather watch Matlock or L.A. Law? <laughs> so, Emily was mad at me because her one of her favorite shows growing up was matlock yes. however my mother watched la law every single <laughs> thursday night and i'm not kidding when i tell you that there was one rule in our house the name one is rule, and it was you are not allowed to talk to deborah at 10 o'clock on thursday night gotta watch, that came in, gotta watch that corbin burnson baby uh, i came in and interrupted la law i was grounded for the rest of the week <laughs> There was no TiVo. She couldn't rewind it. She couldn't pause it. That's I could true. not come point. in that is and travel her for that hour. Does I your mom that. know the, the Beck song, Debra? I'm taking notes. Uh, Make name is definitely Debra. not. Definitely it's not. in Baby Driver. We've got to send, it. Gotta send awesome. it to you. All right, here we go. Uh, fill in the blank question. Of course, Josh's wife is the amazing Emily Fulmer. Uh, Josh, what is one adjective your wife would use to describe you? She came up with a number of adjectives. <laughs> However, my pick was not one she came up with, which was emotional. And then she immediately goes, yes, that's the answer. <laughs> I did not cry watching this movie tonight, but, you know. Do you, I, have you in the past, what's the, uh, what's the tearjerker scene? No, actually, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know that this one would have gotten me there. No. Okay. Would you, do you cry when you watch Armageddon? Oh, yeah. Now, question, you question. I'm a human being. Is it, is it? The Ben Affleck scene under the scene under the tree with yeah. yeah. Oh really? Oh really? You no, get, no. I'm kidding. It's when the uh, show, let's go. Okay. <laughs> let's go. And close the door on the yeah. It's Pat. Ben Affleck, Pat. Yes. Bruce Pat. Willis, not not no. Bruce Willis. No. One one thing we've definitely yeah. learned tonight is your taste in film is better than your wife's. Yeah. After she made us watch <laughs> Justin. Together. Oh, just wait. Hold on. Hold on. Because she has a request for oh. her repeat performance. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll hear. Oh, we'll, we'll hear that after five right. questions. Uh, here we go. Favorite question. Um, Kevin Bacon, who we, we talked about a little bit in this movie, and I think is awesome in this movie, like he is all the time. What's your favorite Kevin Bacon movie? Now, here's my question. Does it have to be my favorite movie that has Kevin Bacon in it or my favorite Kevin Bacon role? Either. 
Ooh, we'll take both. Because yeah, I didn't even both. know Kevin. I forgot Kevin Bacon was in this because it was actually the, only the first movie he ever did. Animal House. Oh, right. Oh, that's He's right. the guy yes. getting hit with the paddle. Yep. He's so good. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I have another. <laughs> if I had to pick his role, I would say probably Mystic River. Oh, I love sorry. Mystic River. Oh, but, hmm. Yeah, Animal House. Have you ever listened to the Bacon Brothers mm. band? No. We. Very, Re- highly take recommend a drink them. if you've seen them in person. If you've shaken his hand, oh, passed him on the catwalk. So, yeah. um, what's the name of that horror movie he's in that I like? Stir think, of Echoes. That movie is underrated. Good, really good. Yeah, mm. he's very good. Uh, finally, deep thought question, pivotal for us right here. Uh, what is something you could quickly teach us to say that people might think we're lawyers if we said it? Irrelevant. Oh no! Irrelevant, erroneous, irrelevant. This is irrelevant. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. <laughs> it immediately makes me think of wedding crashers. Erroneous. <laughs> I use that line all the time, and I had for- I had forgotten it was from Wedding Crashers until like six months ago when I was watching Wedding Crashers. I was like, that's where that's from. How about how weird is it? It's Dwight Yoakam, right? It's like yeah. it's it so is. weird yeah, that it's just really weird. Really uh, weird. And that is five questions. All right, let's hear let's this speak. this sh- shit that Emily wants us to watch. Yeah, what are Actually, we? We told her to watch a horror. We wanted a horror movie. So Emily and Lisa would like to come on for Halloween. The original? Uh, and no, no, oh. no, no, no. To come on in October for Ho- uh, Hocus Pocus. Oh, yes! Oh, that's Whoa. a good idea. Yes! We can do that one. We can definitely do this that This is one. fantastic. Oh, right. I'm excited. So we'll make note. That can be our Halloween. That will be that's our a great official Halloween redemption. movie for this year. Major I- redemption. You want to hear my... Um, major redemption? I Major redemption. Uh, <laughs> my general embarrassment, general, general embarrassment, embarrassment, is that I've general. never seen <laughs> Hocus Pocus. <gasps> oh, what? I've never seen it. Well, now you will. Oh, I have, and, a, and you watched Beaches have, so many times and never saw Hocus well, Pocus. I, mean, I was just going to say, so good from Beaches, you can't turn it down. I threw. Did you you know the story? So I uh, have a little bit, not to diminish folks that really have post traumatic stress, but I have a little PTSD from Beaches because my mom and my sister watched that movie about six million times, had the cassette. I swear, one day me and my dad were in the van and the ca- cassette was there. And I picked it up and I just threw it out the window. But they were like, there was one to replace it, so not a big deal. I that's like me in the have, Barbie DVDs from I my mom's un- house. I unwillingly know all the words to Otto Titzling. <gasps> it's oh! a great song. We could sing it out. We could. We could. Would you buy a Titzling? Oh. Would you buy a Brazil? <laughs> Oh God! All right, that—that's our ending. note. make sure you like, oh, share, yeah. subscribe. We might get picked up for that on Facebook because yeah. it was so close. That to was the right original. on. We might oh, get blocked. Oh my gosh! Just you know, subscribe to the show. Katie wasn't even aware that our ad revenue only oh, comes from just download. Just I mean, Josh is going to kick us into overdrive. I thought people that. had to like record their own podcast, and I thought, well, no. there's a reason they're not yeah. doing that. Um, <laughs> we have thirteen dollars sitting in our account that we can withdraw You're, at any time. I We're gonna let it, it ride, though. We're gonna let it ride. Mm-hmm. Gonna, uh, we should let it ride. I think we can uh, establish we ourselves. Commercial now. 
Yeah, yeah we we'll do that after this. You stay on. We'll do that after. You stay on the line. Yeah. We'll be back. <laughs> yeah, we'll be. <laughs> Uh, tune in next week. Next week, really excited. Um, <laughs> next week's our last episode before return of Amazon August. Uh, next week, we'll be watching a small independent film called Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. That's exciting. Wow. A little indie. We're on mm-hmm. a run here. We've, we're on a run. We've had some Big Trouble Little China, mm-hmm. uh, Hamilton, Few Good Men, mm-hmm. Indiana Jones. We're mm-hmm. on a uh, hot streak here until Jim picks some other disturbing film. Oh, oh Katie's already picked her. I, I did pick mine if we want to tease oh, it. No, don't no, tease not it. Yet. Say it. Next week. We'll tease it next week. All right. Week. Um, All right. And we are going to ask the audience. The audience is going to yeah, pick on Amazon. So go Start check looking. out. What's out on Start Amazon? Looking on there. Amazon. Last year Jeff was uh, Last Starfighter, right? Was the, the, no, was the audience was a, pick? Last year was um, Mazes and Monsters, The Conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, Sister Act was that mine? No, no, Sister Act was not. I had this written down. No, it's last time your partner was not one of them. Okay, I thought I really that thought was, was no, no. We'll uh, th- that was a fan choice though. Last time that was Friday. a fan choice. Right. Just not uh, Amazon. We will be back next week. Indiana Jones. All right, I think this was a major success. That's right, major, major success. success. Major success. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>